Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton god will allow us to settle outside of his will for us and as long as we are living outside of god's will we're missing what god has for us in his will the promises were in canaan they're not in this town of sukkot he's missing out on god's plan for him so he stays there, though. He stays there in Sukkot for some time, long enough to build a house and barns. He settles down there for a period of time in his life. By the way, lost years, right? Obviously, when you make decisions, usually you miss out on something because you chose to do A instead of B. Follow me? This is where we find Jacob today, according to Pastor Dan. He decided to live right outside of the place God promised him. He missed out on everything God wanted to give him missed out on the best because he did what he wanted. Friends, Jesus wants to give you the best. Will you accept that? Time's precious. Don't pull a Jacob and lose what good things the Lord has for you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 33 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. And then Esau lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? So he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Jacob acknowledges their children are a gift from the Lord that he graciously gives to parents. Then the maidservants came near, they and their children, and they bowed down. And Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near and they bowed down. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. If you remember in a study in chapter 32, when Jacob heard that Esau was coming with 400 men, Jacob was afraid, he was distressed, and so he sent some of his servants with livestock to Esau as a gift. And remember, he sent them in droves, kind of one group after another, to Esau as Esau was coming. And his hope was that it would appease Esau's anger. And that's what he's referring to here when Esau says, you know, what's the meaning of all the herds and flocks I met as I came to you? And Jacob said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. Jacob hoped the gifts would win him favor. With Esau. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you don't have to give anything to win favor with God? Aren't you glad that you don't have to give God a bunch of gifts to win him over 
or you don't have to do a bunch of works to win him over, or you don't have to do a bunch of religious activities to win God's favor. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your trust in his death on the cross for your sins and his resurrection from the dead. And we receive God's favor when we do that. He forgives our sins. He gives us eternal life. He accepts us into his family. We're saved by grace through faith and not by works, right? We don't have to do a bunch of works to win God's favor. So he tries to give Esau all these gifts to win his favor. But Esau said in verse 9, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. So that tells us Esau has been blessed over the years and he's become wealthy also. And so verse 10 And Jacob said, no, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, or now that I have found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand. And as much as I have seen your face, as though I have seen the face of God, and you were pleased with me. Jacob, you know, says here, basically, you've been gracious to me like God has been gracious to me. It's like I've seen the face of God in the way that you've shown me favor. But I want you to note the difference here. Before Jacob gave gifts to Esau, hoping to receive favor. That's why he gave the gifts, hoping that he would receive favor in return for those gifts. Now, verse 10, he's giving because he has received favor from Esau. And that order is important. That's the right way to think about giving and serving the Lord. We give and serve the Lord not to earn God's favor. We give and serve the Lord because God's favor has been given to us already. We're giving and serving out of a response to God's graciousness and God's favor in our lives that he's already given to us. It's a response now. Not trying to earn anything, not trying to win anything here. I'm just responding to his goodness. And that's why we give and that's why we serve. So he goes on in verse 11 to say, please take my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. So he urged him and he took it. Now, if you're a note taker in verse 10, Jacob said, receive my present from my hand. And then in verse 11, he says, take my blessing. He uses a different word here in the Hebrew. Now he says, Take my blessing. That word blessing should ring a bell for you. Remember, Esau accused Jacob of stealing his blessing, which he didn't steal. And so now when Jacob says, take my blessing that is brought to you, it's actually a reference to that patriarchal blessing that Jacob has received. Jacob now is offering to share some of the patriarchal blessing with Esau, that Esau willingly forfeited to Jacob. Remember, for a a bowl of soup, he gave it to him. I love this. Jacob's under no obligation. But Jacob very graciously and generously says to Esau, let me give some of the blessing back to you. Let me give you some of the blessing I've received. Now, the reason Jacob can be so generous is because he says, because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. 
It's wonderful when God has graciously blessed you with so much that you can generously bless others. Listen, that's one reason why you should get your finances in order if they're not in order. And get your debt paid off and get your financial house in order and live in such a way that frees you up to be generous to others with the blessings that God has given you. So that you can give to others. So you can use the blessings that God has given to you. Generously bless others. Now, at the end of verse 11, there's a word play here. Jacob says, because I have enough. And back up in verse 9, Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. But then again, in verse 11, Jacob says, and because I have enough. And it's actually two different words used in the Hebrew. The word that Jacob uses in verse 11 actually means, I have everything. Or you might say, I have more than enough. Esau, you have enough, but I have more than enough. I have everything. I have the blessing. I have the birthright. I'm the heir. So please, so please, take the gift. And Jacob urged Esau to take the gift, and Esau did take it. You know, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive, and Esau said, all right, I'll take the lesser blessing. I'll take it. (laughs) And he received Jacob's gift. Then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go and we will go before you. So what Esau does now is he invites Jacob and his family home with him to Seir and Edom. In verse 13, but Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. Please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord and see her. Now, you know what Jacob does here? He makes an excuse to get out of going home with Esau. (laughs) He says here, hey, I'd love to join you, but you know, the kids are tired. And all of the livestock, they're, they're pretty tired, too. I'm kind of concerned about them. And so... You go on ahead, and I'll catch up with you later. I'll, I'll meet you down at your house in Seir, but you can just go on ahead. Did you ever make up an excuse to get out of doing something with someone? And don't forget, you're in church, so you can't lie, right? Of course you have. That's what he does here. And Esau doesn't get the hint. Verse 15, Esau said, well, let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. Let me leave some of my people here and they they can help you. But he said, what what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. Esau said, "Let, let me leave some of my people. They'll help you out. They can show you how to get to my house. And Jacob said, oh, that's okay. I've got an app on my phone with a map. I can just give me the address. I can find it. It'll lead me right. You, know, you don't need to leave anybody here. You guys can just go ahead and leave, please. And I'll meet you down there and see her. As soon as we get there, you just go on ahead. We'll catch up. Bye. <laughs> so he leaves. Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. Now, how do we know that Jacob is making an excuse? Because in verse 17, he goes on, on his trip. He keeps going. 
And why does Jacob do this? Why is he avoiding hanging out with Esau? Well, if you remember in Hebrews chapter 12, we talked about this a long time ago, 20 years ago in the Bible time here, when, when he was last with Esau, that Esau in Hebrews chapter 12 is described as a profane man, meaning he's ungodly. He has no place for God in his life. He has no concern for the things of God in his life. He is ungodly. And so Jacob, Jacob is godly. Jacob is Israel. God rules Jacob's life. And Jacob doesn't want to spend time with Esau. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And the answer is none. Light and darkness have no communion. Righteousness and lawlessness can have no fellowship. And for us as Christians... As followers of Jesus, we should not be yoked together with non-believers in our lives. We shouldn't have fellowship with profane people, ungodly people who have no place for God in their life. Now, when I say that, some people will respond by saying, but wasn't Jesus a friend of sinners? Doesn't the Bible say that Jesus was a friend of sinners? Well, Jesus was accused of being a friend of sinners by his enemies, the religious leaders, who also accused him of being a glutton, a wine-bibber, and doing miracles by the power of Satan. Those are the guys who said he's a friend of sinners. Hebrews actually says Jesus was separate from sinners. He was separate from sinners. And as followers of Jesus, we we should be separate from sinners. Unless, of course, you're trying to minister to them or you're trying to share the gospel with them, trying to lead them to the Lord. You know, when Jesus was around sinners, he was around them to minister to them. He compared his relationship with sinners to that of a doctor with a patient, right? And he said, you know, sick people have need of a doctor. I have come to call sinners to repentance, And so, you know, the basis of his relationship is like that of a doctor-patient. You think about your relationship with your doctor. You know, the doctor comes in the examining room, examines you, diagnoses you, writes a prescription, and they're gone. Right? And it's a couple minutes, probably, that they're in the room. There's not, I wouldn't call that a relationship. I wouldn't call that hanging out with your doctor. I remember being in the emergency room one time, our son split his head open and had to get staples, and he was, and he was a little guy, and my son, not the doctor. <laughs> doctor came in and started, went right over to my son and started working on my son. Didn't even acknowledge that I was in the room. Didn't say, how you doing, Dad, or I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I kind of went over to him and said, how you doing? 
I'm the dad, you know, jerk. You know, like, if, the only reason I'm here is because his head's split open. But that's the kind of relationship, you know, you have with a doctor. And that's how Jesus describes his relationship with sinners. Comes in, examines, diagnoses the problem. Our problem is sin. He gives the prescription. The prescription is the cross. That's the remedy for sin. And that's his relationship with sinners. Jacob here, he just he wisely avoids yoking himself with Esau. He knows that he's a profane man. He knows he's ungodly. And so he's, I, I'm, you know, you go on ahead. Proverbs 1.10 says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not consent. Jacob doesn't consent to Esau's invitation. He makes some excuses to get out of going with Esau. Esau in the scriptures is always a, a picture of the flesh. He's a person who's governed by their flesh. And the Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Jacob is making no provision for the flesh here. Now, as far as we know from the scriptures, Jacob never visits Esau and Seir. And the only other time Jacob and Esau see each other is at their father's funeral in chapter 35. So they just go their separate ways here. They have this encounter. Remember, Jacob seeks out reconciliation with Esau. He's the one who sent messengers to Esau to seek out a meeting with him so they can be reconciled. But then they go their separate ways. And, you know, and sometimes I think people struggle with this. If I forgive someone, do I have to be friends with them? Well, you can forgive someone and not trust them still. That's okay. You can be reconciled, but also recognize that this person is not a healthy person to have in my life, and I need to have some boundaries in my life, and I don't want to let them too far in because it, you know, they're still the same person. I'm just forgiving them and being reconciled. So I can forgive, but not trust them and not get entangled with them again. So they go their separate ways. Esau heads south, way south, down to Seir and Edom. Jacob begins traveling westward toward the land of Canaan. But look at what happens in verse 17. Jacob journeyed to Sukkot. He built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sukkot, which means booths. Sukkot, listen, listen, it's not in the promised land. It's not in the promised land. You know, the Bible assumes you know geography, the geography of the Bible. It's not in the promised land. He's outside the promised land. This is crazy to me. Jacob makes this long journey from Haran after being gone for 20 years, and he's making this long journey all the way back to go home to Canaan. And he stops just short. <laughs> Of the promised land. And he settles outside the promised land. God told Jacob to return to the land of your fathers. And to your family. To the land of Canaan. And he gets almost there. You know he gets like the one yard line. And decides to just stay. In Sukkot. Right on the edge of Canaan. And notice in verse 17. He built a house there. And he made booths for his livestock. He built barns. And so apparently he settled there for a long time. Doesn't tell us how long, long enough to build a house and some barns. He's planning on staying for a long time. He's putting down some roots there outside of the promised land. That's not where he's supposed to be. Here's Jacob. Jacob was following God's will, 
walking in God's will. But now he just at some point in that journey just decides, you know, I'm just going to stop doing this. I'm going to settle right here. I'm just going to build a house, build some barns, and I'm just going to stay here. You can walk faithfully with the Lord and then just suddenly settle for something that's not his will. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to settle here. I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to keep going. I'm just going to I'm just going to settle it right here. And, you know, God will allow us to do that. God will allow us to settle outside of his will for us. And as long as we are living outside of God's will, we're missing what God has for us in his will. The promises were in Canaan. They're not in this town of Sukkot. He's missing out on God's plan for him. So he stays there, though. He stays there in Sukkot for some time, long enough to build a house and barns. He settles down there for a period of time in his life. By the way, lost years, right? You know, these years where he's just outside of God's will, doing his own thing. But then at some point, he leaves and he finally goes into Canaan. So his stop in Sukkot delayed himself from entering into the promised land. And they're just, it's just lost time. Lost time outside of the Lord's will. Man, we don't want to settle. We don't want to compromise in any way that delays us from walking in what God has for us. We don't want to settle and compromise in a way where we just are losing time. Because we're not in God's will. We don't want a Sukkot in our lives. We don't want to delay our obedience to the Lord. And so finally, though, verse 18, then Jacob came, notice, safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, Hippiparay. When he came from Padanaram and he pitched his tent before the city or just on the outskirts of the city, because he's an outsider, he's not from that town. And so he would live. On the outskirts of the city. So he's finally back in the land of Canaan. And he arrives in the land of Canaan safely. Just as God promised him that he would bring him back to the land of Canaan safely. And God has been faithful to bring him. But notice he leaves behind a house in Sukkot. And when he enters into the land of Canaan, he moves back into a tent. Jacob would rather live in a tent in God's will than in a house outside of God's will, right? I'd rather be in the Lord's will than outside of his will. No matter how good I have it outside of his will, I'd rather be in his will every time. And so look what it says, verse 19. And this is wonderful. And he bought the parcel of land just outside of Shechem, where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 pieces of money. Then he erected an altar there and called it El Elohe Israel. This is his new name, Israel, that he received in chapter 32, right? So he uses the new name for the first time here. But what's important for you to note is that Jacob buys this little plot of land on the outskirts of the city of Shechem. And this is significant because other than the cave of Machpelah that Abraham purchased to bury his wife Sarah, a tomb, this is the first parcel of land 
that Israel owns. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.